Welcome to Movies Are Life. I'm your host, Nathan Chandler, and today we are discussing all things life, death, banjos, car chases, fake suicides, and a romantic relationship between a young man and a woman who is old enough to be his grandma. Yes, all of this makes up the number 46 film on the 50 best rom-coms list, the 1971 cult hit Harold and Maude. Today, I'm welcoming in Jenna Hodges-Struble, who was brave enough to volunteer to talk about this film. How are you doing? I am great. I'm so excited to talk about this movie. Yeah. Did, did I pronounce your last name? The you correct did. Way? Struble is perfect. Okay, great. Yeah, awesome. So, so I'll admit, we don't know each other super well. We probably came in contact with each other a couple of times in Texas through uh, the YMCA uh, Youth and Government programs and stuff. You've since moved on from that, so it's fun that we're getting to connect while I'm in Oklahoma and you're in Vermont. (laughs) That's right. This is so cool. I love the power of social media. Yeah. So do you consider yourself a movie fan, a film buff? I definitely am a movie fan. I mean, you and I have connected just about our love of making sure that we see every nominated film. Yes. I think you are way better at that than me. I'm getting better now that my kids are older. It was harder. Yeah, it was harder when they were younger. And yeah. now there's, you know, now there's more than five best picture nominees. So it's a little I tougher. So hard. But in a way, COVID was a little bit of a blessing with that because they released everything on streaming. Yep. And I think they see the the value in that. And so, you know, in 2020 and 2021. I saw everything that was nominated, which is very unusual for me to be able to see before the awards. Yeah. After, but yeah, I love it. It's always been a thing for me as a former, you know, I went to theater school. And so every year we would have a big party around the Golden Globes time and the Oscars time and sometimes the BAFTA times. (laughs) So we would do all the things and it was just really great. And I love the art form. I love that it's a team uh, team effort to create something. And yeah, I just think film is magical. Yeah, that, that's amazing. So, uh, well, before we get into the conversation about this movie, uh, with most of uh, my conversations, we'll, we'll talk about spoilers, but I also want to caution our listeners because we will be talking about themes of death and in particular suicide, which is depicted often in this film. And if you can say, uh, kind of hilariously so but uh, but just just a warning for that but with that said let's uh steal a car and crank up some cat stevens and talk about harold and maude she took my car and harold try something new each day after all we're given life to find it out (laughs) it doesn't last forever oh it's all right it's organic harold Mort? Did I tell you I'll be 80 on Saturday? This is definitely a new experience for me. Harold and Maude is a 1971 American romantic black comedy drama film directed by Hal Ashby and released by Paramount Pictures. It incorporates elements of dark humor and existential drama. The plot follows the exploits of Harold Chasen, played by Bud Court, a young man who is intrigued with death and who rejects the life his detached mother prescribes for him. Harold develops a friendship and eventual romantic relationship with the 79-year-old Maude, played by Ruth Gordon, who teaches Harold about the importance of living life to its fullest. Critically and commercially unsuccessful when first released, the film eventually developed a cult following and first made a profit in 1983, <laughs> more than 10 years after it originally released. The film was selected for preservation in the National Film Registry in 1997 and was ranked number 45 on the AFI's list of the 100 funniest movies of all time. And if people are a fan of uh, the Criterion Collection, they released a special edition Blu-ray and DVD in 2012. So anyway, I I was shocked that you signed up for this film, uh, not because of you as a person, but I was shocked that anyone I reached out to actually knew <laughs> what this film was. So I'm assuming you had seen it before. Yeah. I mean, in 1971, the 70s in general are such a great golden age for film. And that year was such a good year for film. That was the year before I was born. I mean, I am a Gen Xer. So we definitely heard about that film from our parents. You know, that year, I think, uh, the last picture show came out, Clute, you know, centered around a sex worker, Willy Wonka, which was 
if you watch it as an adult, super dark, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> dark clockwork orange, all of those really dark films because Vietnam was happening at the time. The civil rights movement had just happened in the sixties. So historically all of these dark pictures happening in that moment really kind of made sense. But this movie as dark as it can be at times is just magical. It's magical. And it's seen, you can see that through Bud Court's eyes as he yes. plays Harold. Like, it's just so gorgeous. So my mom loved it, but was hesitant at letting me watch it as a teen and just was creeped out by it, by the, yeah. the, the love relationship, but also okay with it and just <laughs> wanted to get my take on it, right? Right. So we watched it together. We talked about it. And I, too, was put off by it because as a teenager, I could not imagine. I mean, he's an older teen, late adult being with someone that age. Yes. But then you look at her and how Ruth Gordon plays her and you're like, of course, she's probably has more energy and effervescence than any girl this mother is trying to set him up with throughout mm -hmm. the film. She is more alive than most young people. She's incredible and, and definitely not as we see later in the film, this horrible description by this man, this psychiatrist who's like describes an old, what we think of as an old woman. And when you think about today, mm -hmm. what is everybody saying about, you know, 50 is the new 30 and 70, you know, there's all these people that are look so young and are really taking care of their bodies. Um, Jennifer Lopez is 53. Yeah. And I'm sure a 19-year-old would be ex very excited to be yeah. with Jeff Lopez, right? So, <laughs> so there's all these like misconceptions or I think ideas around what is defined as love that's different today. I think Gen X and and millennials are more or Gen Z and millennials would be more into this film than maybe when we were growing up in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, this film is a perfect example of if you tell anybody uh what the synopsis of the movie is, you know, they almost immediately get turned off uh by yeah. it. But, you know, if you start it, you get you get sucked in really fast and it the the relationship between Harold and Maud, I mean, really <laughs> I guess when it culminates in, you know, the physical act that they <laughs> Good showcase. It's um, it's really not really surprising, or and it's also like if you invest into the film, it, it seems more natural than probably a lot of other romantic relationships that you see on film. And it, you can see it coming because of the way that he looks at her. And you know, it's this is one of the films that I always wanted to revisit. Like my, you know, my spouse and I when we were dating. We definitely, I was like, hmm, how are they going to react? <laughs> and they loved it. You know, it was still like a little like uncomfortable with the age difference. But honestly, when we examined who we are as people, I'm definitely personality wise like Maude. Uh -huh. <laughs> She's definitely personality wise like Harold. Like, <laughs> love to have a hearse. You know, <laughs> these elements of our personality that click and match. And yeah. so, yeah, we we love it. It's one of our favorites. Yeah, and honestly, I think it I'm, up to this point. I mean, so on the surface, you see the age difference uh, yeah. between the two characters, but you know, up to this point, we have we have had no kind of evidence that Harold has anybody else in his life that is his age, any yeah. kind of friend or anything. So I think just as like a young person might get infatuated with somebody uh, because they were paid attention to. I think it's very similar in this regard. It's like, such a good point. yeah, like, so to me, it, it's almost natural that that happens to him. Um, we might get into it a little bit, like with <laughs> our rankings, I, even though, you know, she even says, I love you to Harold and, you know, back when he says it to her, I still kind of viewed it, even though she takes that like physical leap with him, I still think there's two different types of love happening in this movie. I, so I think his is the type that people get turned off by. And I think hers is more like, it gets even more twisted to say more of a nurturing type of love. Yes. But I, I, I think 
but I think you're kind of right. Like she, she loves him and feels some sort of romantic love to him, but she also has already decided as we later learn, this is not going to last. Yeah. Well, and she doesn't need, she doesn't need his love where in, where he needs hers. <laughs> it's a nice experience for her because this is the time in her life where she's accepting everything and saying yes to everything and wants the fullness of life and love as part of that. And so she lets him love her. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And his love, you're right. It's different. Yes. It's different. It's, oh my gosh, this person has lit me up. This person makes me feel alive. I need to be with this person all the time, which you're right, is not the most desirable, <laughs> but he's liberated in the end too. We see him grow. Uh -huh. Oh right? yeah. Yeah. And I also don't want to take away, I, I, I do think this movie is like a you know beautiful portrait and celebration of life and not taking things too seriously. But um, it also doesn't take away that this movie, I think, is hilarious. <laughs> it's so funny. I just, the suicides, oh my gosh. We see, you know, the mother says there's been 15 suicide attempts, which really, to be honest, we all know are not suicide attempts. They are attention getters, right? Yeah, right. The care with which he takes, the clipping on of the note, the tie put behind his, like all these little details that he works out and orchestrates and stages are just so hilarious. She, the mom is hilarious. Yeah, I think she's almost, uh, is overlooked. Uh, Vivian Pickles is her name, I believe. Yes. Um, and. She, I think she is so good in this uh, movie. Uh, especially, I love one of my favorite scenes is when uh, when she is helping him with his uh, dating profile, and then she literally starts like talking to herself that she, you know, she doesn't even realize she's filling out the quiz. Just it, like what, how she believes. Yeah, it's it's so funny. Are you uncomfortable meeting new people? I think that's a yes. Don't you agree, Harold? Should sex education be taught outside the home? Oh, I would say no, wouldn't you, Harold? Yeah, we'll give a D there. Three, should women run for president of the United States? I don't see why not. Absolutely, yes. And I love their this dynamic of like, you know, he's done this. She's swimming. I love that shot where she's swimming in the pool and we see the cameras following her swim in the pool. And then you see him come into frame floating upside down in the water. And she just keeps swimming. She doesn't even really look at him. This is their relationship. And, you know, this, you know, I was thinking these beautiful shots that they have in the house. Mm -hmm. He's doing these suicide attempts. And thinking not only is there this age difference with him and Maude, but really there's really deep socioeconomic divide and cultural divide mm -hmm. from Romania. She is Jewish. We know that later on in the film. But she lives in a train car and he mm -hmm. lives in this palace. So, of course, there's no... It, it, well, I don't want to say, of course, that's me supposing that people that live in palaces don't have relationships, but his mother and he definitely don't have right. a relationship or a connection. And he's this rich kid who is so disconnected from the rest of the world. And so, of course, Maude, who is totally comfortable being, being with anybody, is going to be appealing because she knows how to do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. And... Even though, so this was probably only the second time I'd seen this movie. Uh, I'm pretty sure the first time I saw it was in college, just like when I consumed all these type of movies when I first heard about them. Or I, I think I'm also a big Wes Anderson film, uh, Wes Anderson fan, and I, I think he was inspired. He's been inspired a lot by Hal Ashby fan, uh, films, and so I think that might have also kind of prompted me to see this. And even I, I can definitely see where he gets a lot of his humor from, uh, and but. The even though I remembered the kind of fake suicide attempts and everything, that the very opening scene is still was like still shocking for me. Uh, I I had like I had just kind of I just kind of had forgotten, and all I could think of was placing myself in a first time viewer's uh, 
you know, uh, in their body, so to speak, just to, you know, it is, it is really shocking. And, uh, I guess it's a litmus test as soon as the mom comes in and just starts talking <laughs> like nothing's happened. I mean, that's kind of, for me, uh, like you had mentioned earlier, it's almost kind of like, okay, you know, uh, how does this check with like, uh, how I vibe with the, another person, if they find this funny or not. <laughs> tells yeah. So, but I also don't, we'll talk, talk about a little bit more later about the soundtrack, but I think the music by Cat Stevens here is crucial to this movie because his song starts, you know, underlaying this opening scene, which is also beautiful because it's just this long tracking shot. And mm. um, I think without his music, um, the film would be a little harder to approach, especially from the beginning. He, yeah. He kind of has his music is so comforting that like it sets the tone for the movie versus like, I almost would want to see this scene play it out with different types of music just to show like, so somebody could see how much music and audio can affect your reactions to things. Oh you know? my gosh. What a great fun project that would be. But <laughs> I, I totally agree. I think Cat Stevens's voice mm -hmm. and just the music, the lyrics are so connected with the film. And I love how, how Ashby's choice that it's Cat Stevens throughout. Mm -hmm. It's not different artists. It's really just Cat Stevens. Yeah. It's so beautiful. And yeah, you know, I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, you you talked about uh, some of the shots uh, in particular. I, I love the shot in the cemetery uh, when it pulls pulls out. Uh, I think that one was from they they filmed a lot of this movie in the San Francisco area, um, and I had a list of where they filmed a lot of it. Of course, was different cemeteries, but that must have been the uh, either the Holy Cross Cemetery or Golden Gate National Cemetery. But that that yeah. just zoom out shot, I think, is just uh, beautiful. <laughs> So funny. And some of the sight gags, there's so many really good sight gags, like uh -huh. the uncle talking to him about the military and then yes. pulling the cord so his fake arm can salute. <laughs> oh my God. Who that's so dark and so hilarious. Yeah. It's saluting pulley, the pool gag, um, the hearse. Yeah. When he goes to her house. And there's the sculpture that is clearly female <laughs> genitalia. And he just like puts his head in it and strokes it like just so hilarious and yes. very uncomfortable. Yes. Oh my God. It's great. And it, even, you know, on their date, her, um, all the, there's so many little beautiful moments in the day where she's playing piano, playing Cat Stevens. And then she walks away to dance and we realize oh she's not playing piano <laughs> to play her piano and she could care less yeah having such a good time it's yeah. wonderful yeah um, i also i like i think it's kind of towards the end but uh it's a series of montages of the di these different authoritarian figures you know like the uncle the psychiatrist mm -hmm. the priest and you know it's all framed up the same way and they're all in these boring offices and they all have a picture frame behind them of some kind of authoritarian figure above them, you know? And I, I feel like that shot, like is, is saying so much and kind of like what you had mentioned earlier too, just, I, I really liked the subtle things in here, you know, uh, especially, you know, objects and, you know, like, you know, pivoting the new car or whatever it be, but also appreciating, you know, plants and nature and that type of thing. But I think there's a lot that he's saying with his story about, um, you know, what, what brings joy and happiness in this, in our lives. Totally. That's such a good point. I, you know, after watching this movie now four times, I had never noticed the pictures of authoritarians behind those figures. <laughs> that is genius. And I do love the production design because he definitely knows how to build a world and to have those very specific sets where, you know, the old furniture, the stodginess, the almost museum-like quality of where Harold lives compared to her house, which is, you know, the moment he walks in, you can see Harold just, wow. Mm -hmm. You know, someone else might go into his house and be wowed by all the antiquities and the art and yada, yada. 
but he is wowed by her house, mm-hmm. by the plants, by the colors, by all the softness, by mm-hmm. the tchotchkes. It's so beautiful what what Ashby does. I mean, even that that one scene in their date, the choice to put them, I don't know, is it like a dump or some kind of dumping ground at the end? The mm-hmm. It's such a weird place and he makes it magical. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. Um, I think Bud Court is, I, I don't know if it's maybe the best acting job ever, but he's definitely the right person and has the right face faces okay. for this role. But Ruth Gordon as Maud is just terrific in this film. Really, really solid. I think they both got nominated for a Golden Globe for this okay. And then he won a BAFTA for this oh, okay. Um And I think... He really, I agree, he's young, and so you don't know, but there's so much range there, like his serious deadpanness with all of the arranged dates to this the total love eyes. Like, I just was completely convinced, and still, on my fourth time watching this movie, and completely convinced that he might have been a little bit in love with Ruth Gordon for real. Uh Like, just so Mm. great. And she is... I mean, don't you, doesn't everybody want to be around someone like that? So effervescent and full of life and so full of wisdom. Those quotes. Oh, so many good quotes. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think uh, speaking on Bud Court's performance, I think I read somewhere. It's like, it's not until like around the six minute mark that we actually even hear him talk. And so he's almost doing a like silent film, you know, performance yeah. in this. Um, yeah. What, what are, speaking of, so what do you, do you write any like favorite quotes or favorite scenes that you that you uh, have? For sure. I think, you know, all of the well, the suicide scenes, the attempted suicide scenes are all hilarious and all such a surprise and so creative, <laughs> creatively done. But those dates, the dates that they go on, the times that they spend together are so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite scenes is when, you know, she loves to liberate people from their things and has stolen like four cars in this film. So th- when they steal the Camino and they're replanting the tree, mm-hmm. the sad tree and they run from the police and it's just, what a crazy scene that is. I love that so much. Um, the sunset scene when they're holding oh, yeah. hands with the birds. I think that's gorgeous. Uh, them pranking his uncle into <laughs> getting him out of the military to convince the uncle that he's insane. Oh, that scene is great. But those quotes, like um, when Harold says that he really enjoys being dead, this fascinates fascination with death. And she says, a lot of people think that they're dead, but they're not dead. They're just backing out of life. And I've, I've seen this clip played so many times because it's so iconic when she says, reach out you got to take a chance. And then she does that little cute cheer. I understand a lot of people enjoy being dead, but they're not dead, really. They're just backing away from life. Reach out, take a chance. Get hurt even. Play as well as you can. Go, team. Go. Give me an L. Give me an L. Give me a V. Give me a V. L-I-V-E. Live. Otherwise, you got nothing to talk about in the locker room. And I I love the quote that she says about uh, being a sunflower and how there's a lot of hurt that comes from people or comes to people who are sunflowers that are beautiful, but allow themselves to be treated like weeds, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. You have, she, he, she wants him to understand how special he is. Um, yeah. And that scene where she's talking about her lost love, I thought maybe this is this little thing with Harold is like her recapturing her mm-hmm. lost love in Austria before she, mm-hmm. we see later, she has a, concentration camp number on her arm yeah yeah and that's why she fled austria that's why she lost her love she can't talk about it 
Yeah. And still, after all that pain, she wants this last bit of love in her yeah. life. Yeah. And some for some reason, I had forgotten about that aspect of it. And when we get the quick look of the tattoo on her arm, and I just love that. Uh, I think lesser filmmakers would have really like dwelled on that a lot and probably even ha would have Harold start asking all these questions about it, but it's just a quick shot. And right, right there, right there is enough to, you know, get the history of her, but also why she does the things she, that she does, you know, like she had so much taken away from her and, you know, if we all, I mean, it's always, you know, it's a constant reminder of, uh, you know, one, to myself one that you know i i live a very i really hate the word blessed but i, I live a very blessed life and uh um i don't bless is not the right pri privileged life privileged, uh, for yeah. sure yeah yeah and um and so i try not to take that for granted but also the other thing of just it's easy to get just bogged down by the day-to-day -day things whether it's work or just you know having to make school lunches for the next day, you know, all those things. And so I think this movie is just such a fresh reminder of just like, there's just, you know, so much more. Um, and those things have to be done. You know, I think it's almost kind of easy for a movie like this just to be like, throw everything out the window. Cause I don't yeah. think that's necessarily the best thing ever, but it's always good to keep things in perspective for sure. I really loved that. And I, you know, it's based on this book and I, I, confess I have not read the book. So I don't know if in the book, the character is indeed, you know, has this past, but it's just so beautifully treated. You're exactly right. Like he didn't, he could have had all of this explanation and we could mm -hmm. have revisited that, but just that little glimpse is such a beautiful moment. Movie musings. This movie brings up a lot of questions, I think, as you're watching it to yourself. But here's a couple, maybe some, uh, maybe like the movie, some a little dark, some maybe not as dark. But uh, have you yourself ever been preoccupied by death? I, I don't think anybody necessarily is like to the extent of Harold, but just uh, I, I'll give an example. Uh, I feel like I have a little bit recently just because our parents are starting to get to the age where they're going to a lot of funerals and those sort of things. So I kind of have, I have been a little bit and just like, Oh yeah, I'm at the age now where I have to think, start thinking of such things. I don't know. I think a flip, a, a little switch flipped for me just when I turned 50, I was actually super excited about it because it made me feel closer to my mom. Cause I lost my mom when she was 56 and I was 33 oh, wow. and losing my mom. I mean, that's not terribly young, but it's young. Yeah. So losing my parents and going through that, I wasn't really preoccupied with death. I was just mad about it, mm -hmm. <laughs> but having gone through that. And now that I'm closer to like, I got my AARP card <laughs> and a friend of mine from high school died. And that seems really early for someone to die from mm -hmm. high school. Um, yeah. So there's, there's all these things that are kind of making me think about it and how I'm going to retire and how I'm going to live out mm -hmm. the next chapter of my life. So maybe now I'm starting to be on it <laughs> because I want to know how, how am I going to live my life like Maude? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Next 20 or 30 years. She's yeah. 79 in this film. Yeah. I don't know that I have her energy at now. Yeah. Well, hopefully it won't involve stealing cars. Uh, no, but, but it's sure <laughs> fun when she does it. Right. Uh, so speaking of cars, uh, do you consider yourself a good driver? Oh, I'm way better than Maude, that's for sure. <laughs> but, I, you know, I had to navigate Dallas traffic for eight years when I lived sure. there. So I'm yeah. good. Yeah. but So my father-in-law could probably tell the story a little bit uh, better than I could because we – Whitney and I, we lived in the DFW area for a couple of years. And when we, it was shortly after we had moved here in Oklahoma and we were just driving down the streets of Norman and I, I was driving, he was in the passenger seat and he, we missed a turn and he started going, we missed the turn. We missed the turn. And I just said, this isn't Dallas. We'll be okay. And he just thought that was so funny because he was like, Oh, Mr. Dallas or whatever. But I was like, 
<laughs> I was like, yeah, it's it's a it's a whole it's a whole different world for sure. It yeah. really is. I mean, even in New England, people really get trepidatious. You know, when you, I live in a town of twelve thousand people, there are two lights on Main Street. That's <laughs> it. Rush hours, like maybe you get stuck behind, you know, the semi truck and a couple of cars at the light, and then people get really impatient in my small town of Brattleboro. But when people go to Boston, they're just like, oh, I don't want to deal with Boston traffic. And it is not bad compared yeah. to Dallas. Like <laughs> I've done it all, it feels like. So yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah it's fine. Um, I, I don't know why. I, I kind of I was joking about stealing cars, but uh, have you ever broke the law? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, have. I, I think there's a little uh, bit of a, when I was a teenager, my, my, my stepbrothers and my cousins, we would go and do st stupid stuff. Yeah. Like we would go to the cemetery, not because we were preoccupied with death, but because we knew nobody would be there and we could, you know, partake yeah. in things we shouldn't partake in in the cemetery. So that was our summertime fun, which was not great. We dropped my brother in an open grave, which was not cool, but we loved it. It was hilarious at the time because <laughs> he was the oldest one and he uh. was scared and we were like we made him scared so that was probably not the best thing and then i yeah yeah i've broken the law a couple of times but nothing too bad and i've never been arrested yeah yeah oh that's good and no, no never been arrested uh there there was a time in college uh me and a group of friends we we stole a street sign because it it had basically the word of the organization they were in so stupid and i see now like yeah what for sure like yeah no we shouldn't have done that that, that was like city property but at the time you know you're in college you just think it's funny it's so cool. and ironic right. yeah but i just always remember you know if you walk up to any kind of street sign like in person they're always way bigger than they seem from your car or whatever right. and we I, I i still don't quite remember how we pulled the sign up but I think we were shocked by like how long the pole actually was because of Did you how even far in your car. Well, I had a small little pickup truck. I mean, this was ridiculous. I mean, it was in the middle of the night, but like this thing was just sticking out of my truck. Like anyway, it was really, really dumb, but anyway, so <laughs> but I, I'm generally a pretty big rule follower. So yeah, you know, that, that was, that that was enough, uh, you know, rebelliousness to probably last me a lifetime. But uh, yeah, but, yeah. But speaking of like cemetery, it made me think also in Waco, our fraternities. It was called the float site, but it was where we uh, uh, built our float and and stuff at the time. But it was right next to a cemetery a graveyard, and when when you went through pledge ship we were out at that float site a whole lot. And I personally never did anything in that cemetery, but there was always something yeah, that was always such a tough time, but something very symbolic that that graveyard was like right across the street from, <laughs> you know, like quote unquote, the worst, you know, worst moments of your life or whatever. And so that was real funny, but that same cemetery, we actually, for a student project, I, I thinking about it now i wasn't the producer on it i just was more helping out with camera and editing later um i don't know why the cemetery allowed us access to it but we set up a whole like fake funeral that was part yeah. of our plot and uh uh did this whole setup and stuff and just looking back now i'm like i can't believe they gave us access to do that because i remember we were filming it and we were very uh, very respectful. Like we didn't make a mess and yeah. all that kind of stuff, but we were filming it on the weekend. And I remember seeing other people coming to visit, you know, gravesides of their loved ones and, uh, and kind of looking at us going like, almost like what in the world is going on over there? I but, love it. I've always loved cemeteries. And I think it's so great that that's how Harold and Maude meet, right? Like they, mm -hmm. they are trolling people's funerals. And then she, you know, she has that great yellow umbrella that, stands out from everybody else's umbrellas and then she steals his car like all these crazy things and i just i love cemeteries i've always loved them even to just go like have a picnic which is what victorians used to do like cemeteries yes. used to act like parks back in the day 
and right here in my small town, there's a gorgeous cemetery, the Morningside mm. Cemetery. And I go there for walks all the time. There, There's a lot of people in the community that do. It's yeah. beautiful. There's little trails. It's yeah. really nice. So from my teenagehood of like doing bad things in the cemetery to now, it's like part of my daily life. Yeah, they're kind of funny. It just kind of hit me. A funny aspect of that story was uh, my friend Mark Blitch, who has actually been a guest on this podcast. I don't know if he will appreciate this story or not, but he was the lead actor in it. And to help him get in the mood uh, to cry because he's like attending like his uh, little sister's uh, funeral uh, was uh, we cranked up this Josh Groban song like really, really loud just to help him get in the mood by everybody else as well. And it actually helped, but that was part of probably why people were staring at us is because we had Josh Groban. Thank you, Josh Groban. Yeah. In the cemetery. That's <laughs> so, hilarious. Yeah. Rom-com rankings. It's, it's kind of ironic. Um, uh, we just covered there's something about Mary and famously in that movie, uh, Mary and Ted connect over this movie. And they, they say, they both say it's the greatest love story of our time. But uh, do you consider Harold and Maude a romantic comedy? I mean, is it romantic? Yes. Is it a comedy? Yes. So Yes, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it's it's different than what we think of with romantic comedies, but I think that's why I like it so much. It's definitely in my top five. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, w- so looking at the chemistry now between Harold and Maude, one heart being the lowest, five hearts being the highest. What do you rank the chemistry here? Well, Harold is a five for sure, but we talked about <laughs> the difference between him and Maude, and I think Maude's somewhere in a three. I don't even think, even as a young woman, she would have picked Harold, but he's just so in love with her. It's like, okay, yeah. you know, he's a sweetie, but yeah, I, that's where I put that. How about you? That, that, uh, you know, that's a good way to put it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like where where the two uh, people are. Uh, I. It might be a little harsh, but I don't mean to be harsh. I, I said two hearts because kind of what I was talking about earlier, I think I, I think it's just way two different types of love. And I, I, I don't think the chemistry lies in the traditional way we think of romantic chemistry. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, not a reflection on the film, but yeah. Um, when I think of great romantic chemistry in movies, uh, <laughs> Bud Court and Ruth Gordon are not the... Uh, images that pop up in my head (laughs) absolutely not but at the same time like like i was saying before about this really appealing to gen z people it really does show like love is love Mm -hmm. like don't define it yeah you don't have to be beautiful you don't have to have a certain body type like everybody there's somebody for everybody Mm -hmm. and i do love it for that yeah um so the second category is the best friends or the best friend uh, aspect Um, and not to cut you off, but actually put like a NA on this, like neither of them uh, there's in traditional romantic comedies, there's usually some kind of support system. And it's almost the whole basis of this movie is that Harold has like absolutely no friends (laughs) at all. So uh, I, 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 unless you, you have a better argument or have a ranking for this. So I think you're right. Like in traditional rom-com, there is usually the best friend, some kind of, you know, when Harry met Sally support system kind of situation. But in this film, they are their own support system. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, The third one, and we touched on a little bit is the soundtrack. Uh, So, I mean, we talked about, yeah, this, the whole soundtrack throughout is Cat Stevens uh, songs. Uh, And, uh, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this. Uh, Yusuf is who he goes by now. Um, but uh, so if you don't like Cat Stevens, I could see why you wouldn't like this soundtrack. But uh, I, I, I personally, I mean, I can't say I'm like the big, I don't know his whole catalog and stuff, but he's definitely anytime his music's on, I'm like, Oh, I really love his music. And so uh, I gave it, I gave the soundtrack five hearts. I, I don't know how you feel about it. I agree completely. And I, much it is like a litmus test for me also okay. if someone doesn't like cat stevens there's something i think biologically wrong with you <laughs> just don't get it because it's if you don't like the lyrics you definitely have to love 
that very distinctive voice. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I I think his songs, uh, well, so the popular ones on here, the opening song, don't be shy. And of course, if you want to sing out, sing out. I really like the song uh, trouble also in this uh, listening to this, but um, listening to him and I I listened to the soundtrack uh, when doing some yard work last night. (laughs) And um, I just, his music, I mean, lyrics and catchiness, there's all those things, but I think listening to it, you just, you absolutely feel every word that he's singing. And I think that's why his music uh, is, is so good and is so perfect for this movie. And when I was growing up, cause we're a little bit different generation. Um, when I was growing up, if you want to sing out, sing out, there was like a whole children's series of song, popular songs that they made like they do every generation. The popular songs of the time get turned into children singing mm-hmm. versions. Mm-hmm. And that was definitely one of my favorites as a kid to mm-hmm. sing. Yeah. And it was just so liberating. It's yeah. great. Yeah. So Wendy didn't watch this uh, movie with me. She was just kind of in and out a little bit. And she actually fell asleep and I like picked the movie back up and she kind of woke up and um, she was just watching it a little bit. And she, she goes, Wait, are they are they, are they in love with each other? And I was like, I was like, oh, d- just you wait. And she was like, what? And uh, but uh, the one, you know, so she was very skeptical. And then I think she started looking at her phone. And then the scene comes up, you know, where Maud starts playing the song on the piano, and she immediately perked up because uh, I I want to say, but I don't think it's uh, too big of a leap to say that my father in law loves if you want to sing if you want to sing out sing out and Whitney was like uh, Whitney definitely I think she definitely knew that song or whatever like that so yeah it's definitely the standout so um so the fourth category I have is a chase scene or declaration of love once again this movie is a kind of a little hard to uh pinpoint with this Uh, I don't know when I sent you this category did anything kind of stand out well I mean the declaration of love somewhat falls a little flat. It actually reminds me of my current spouse. Um, not like I had another spouse before. I don't know why I even said that word, but my spouse, <laughs> we were dating. She said she loved me before I was ready. Uh-huh. And she was like, I love you. And I said, that's so nice. Thank you so much. <laughs> and that's exactly what I feel is happening with Harold and Maude in that moment. Uh-huh. But it does grow and and it is nice i think the chase scene is that cut to scene with him in the hospital going to when mm. he's driving and just the urgency of going back and forth between that mm-hmm. and that final montage is so powerful and even though it's not like a traditional chase scene it definitely makes my heart race because of the urgency that's happening in both of those situations. It's like, what is going to happen with how fast and crazy he's driving? What's going to happen in the hospital with, you know, it's just so fraught with Mm -hmm. anxiety. And when you've seen it multiple times, there are different times in the movie that I cry now. Yeah. You know, it's the obvious time for when you first watch the movie. And then now when that scene starts, I start to cry because I know it's happening. I know. Yeah. 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 I, I think the way that's handled and edited at the end is honestly pretty masterful. Like uh, just uh, once again, um, Ashby just does an amazing job of like, I, I just think other filmmakers would like, we've just would had this long drawn out scene in the hospital and then maybe him in the car later, but just intercutting the two, it, it both moves everything along, you know, like, you know, we just have to see little snippets to get like what's happening, you know? So yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's really good scene. So what, what was the rating that you gave it? I gave it a five. Okay. And then, and and I'm sorry, I think I just went on and on about Cat Stevens. So was the soundtrack five for you on that one? I think the soundtrack, oh gosh, can I change my rating? Yeah. I'm going to change my, I'm going to say my rating for Cat Stevens is a, or for that soundtrack is, Definitely a five because it makes the whole the movie what it is. And for the chasing, I'm going to change that to a four because I think if you put chasing and love declaration together, the love declaration, although I like that it falls flat, is not the declaration that we want from a rom com. Yeah, yeah. So I have to ask you, um, 
and this might kind of judge how I end up with my ranking here. So, you know, she essentially, it, you know, is, uh, is killing herself. And so do you think she is doing that for him? Um, or do you think she's more doing it for herself? I, how do you feel about that? I think she's, this has been the plan all along. Yeah. I think her going to funerals is like preparing her for this and the way that she's living and all the, the reckless driving, the stealing cars, there's no consequences because she knows it's coming. And when she says my 80th birthday is coming up soon, she's already made the plan. That's what I think. Yeah. And it just so happens that Harold's caught up in this mm -hmm. and, and she's not stopped him because she's, welcoming this experience too but she knows it's going to happen she's already planned it she's she's ready and i think just preparing herself with all of these actions yeah the birth the birthday party was going to happen regardless if he yeah. was there or not yeah yeah and we don't know like maybe she has a terminal disease we don't know like there's no context with this, mm. she's obviously full of life and loves life. Why would she want to do this? Mm. But there's got to be something going on and for her to do this. I mean, we don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I, I think four is a good place to put it almost more so. It's so hard to pin down. <laughs> so, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about rewatchability of this movie? Yeah. There's so much magic in this movie that so many great shots and so much just good feels that whenever I want to feel this, you know, you, there are certain rom-coms that you want to watch over and over again. I freaking love the holiday, right? Yeah. It's just like, there's certain ones that I just want to watch over and over again. And this is definitely, I, I could watch it when I get the hankering in the future, yeah. you know? I mean, I've already watched it four times. Yeah. 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 So one to five, what, what do you give it? I'm going to give it a five because it's so okay. great. Okay. I, uh, I give it a four, not because I don't think it's a great movie, but even as much as I laughed and stuff, I think I would definitely have to be in a mood to, to like flip this on. So uh, it's not something I don't yeah, think I could. I, yeah. That I could just like watch every time, you know, but um, just because I almost like, uh, and also for me, uh, they both work, but, I feel like there might be one or two too many car scenes in the, the movie. It's kind of like, it's like, okay, we get it. She's a bad driver. She's still like, it's a, it, that one almost to me is a little flexing of like, we have the budget. We're going to kind of show off, show it off, you know, type of thing. But, uh, just Hilarious. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. No, so, uh, well, yeah, I, I definitely. I think it's, I think everybody should give this movie a chance, but definitely if you're a film buff and this has like just missed your radar for whatever reason, I think for sure you would agree that you it's a, it's a must. You need to check it out. And then also we didn't get into it here, but um, I just, it's called like status. It's got this amazing history of like, you know, it was, this movie was panned when it came out and not successful. And I was just listening to a podcast this morning that was talking about this uh, Minnesota theater. Uh, I believe it was called the Westgate. Uh, uh, I want to make sure I get that right. Yeah. The Westgate and how like theater, little theaters like this, like grew this film up to its cult like status, you know, actually to a point where Par Paramount re-released the movie and almost did this marketing campaign of like, because it was so shunned and like places in LA and New York, their whole tagline was like, what, you know, what are Midwesterners catching on to that these like social elite aren't or something like that. But anyway, it's really fascinating. So I encourage people just to read about, it's just, it's just this movement that I think I'm sure there's like cult films that come out today, but it's just, it's so, it's so different now, you know? And so yeah. to think that people really had to go to a movie theater to see this movie, you know, is, is pretty fascinating. And I really loved, I loved that moment that mom, my mom and I had to discuss it mm -hmm. and to discuss what this kind of a relationship would be and what it meant for both of them. And it was just such a good 
parenting moment that I really am glad that my mom took advantage of. And we, yeah. we would have these discussions a lot. Um, and I just love that. I treasure that. So I really encourage people to, you know, young, I think young people will really like it. I think yeah. it's good for parents to talk about with their kids. And yeah, yeah. I, I wonder about people her age and would they ever, would they ever? I don't know. <laughs> and I really love that even at that time, you know, it's perfectly acceptable and it still is that we see older men with very young mm -hmm. women. Mm -hmm. We see that, you know, men in their 70s mm -hmm. in relationships and movies and in real life with women in their 20s and nobody really thinks of anything. And then this relationship with a woman in reverse. Yeah. That's why people were so freaking out. But yeah. I really love it. Yeah. 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 This movie is just right. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, it was a perfect time for me to see it in college because it just, it provides so much conversation. So if anything, even if someone doesn't like the movie, definitely it's one that is worth seeing just to talk about after it's over. <laughs> so. 100% agree. Recommendations. Anything else that you might be watching or reading or listening to that you've been recommending uh, your yeah. friends? Or well, I am a total nerd and I love Strange New Worlds so much. I love Star Trek and I had not watched Star Trek in so long. And I really like kind of loved Picard season one, did not love the other subsequent seasons. And so when a friend was talking about Strange New Worlds, I was hesitant but I really got to recommend, like, if you are at all in any way, shape, or form a Trek fan, even if you're not, it is a solid, good show with great characters. Spock is hot. It's worth watching. It's so good. <laughs> and it's just delightful. So we blew through that pretty quickly. And then I am obsessed with Boy Genius. I am obsessed okay. with her music. Ugh, all the, talk about the feels. Like, so good. So I really obsessed with that as my summer album and of course i'm obsessed with beyonce's renaissance album like everybody in the world so it's yeah how about you yeah uh my quick recommendation is uh i'll give credit to my uh, mother-in-law for telling us about this but it's on netflix and it's this australian little uh kind of office workplace sitcom called fisk it's only it's only six episodes, and uh, here's the little tagline: a fast-paced comedy about high-end contract lawyer Helen Tudor Fisk, who is forced to take a job at a shabby suburban suburban law firm following a humiliating marriage breakdown and a professional fall from grace. That description is way too involved for what this show actually is, <laughs> but it's just a very just sweet. Uh, funny show um uh fist this lead character she's hilarious she's for lack of better words an introvert who just likes to have wear her three brown suits that are too big for her and it's just it's just real it's just it was a, a great show only six episodes half you know not even 30 minutes just a good show to throw on and kind of turn your brain off a little bit but laugh also mm -hmm. so yeah uh as uh, not as many shows are coming out right now. Uh, that's a kind of a fun little, I, I wouldn't have known about it unless, uh, yeah, my mother-in-law told me about it. So yeah, I think people should check that out. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for uh, coming on and talking about this movie. Uh, I really appreciate it. So hopefully we've inspired people uh, to check it out. So um, I, I really think, uh, I, I think there's a lot to mine from it for sure. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Now, yeah come back anytime yeah great well um as always check out moviesarelife.com for episode reviews and more if you love this podcast please take a moment to rate and review it and this really helps us in finding new listeners i hope everybody has a great fall <laughs>